this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thank you, Tim. Come on, let's pray over God's Word this morning. Father, we really thank You. Uh, We thank You for Your Spirit amongst us, which leads us into what is right and true, Lord. And so we receive that leading of Your Spirit, that You would open our eyes, You would help us to be aware of what You're saying to us, of what Your will is, and what You're wanting to reveal to us about you so we would know you more. May you be glorified here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can grab a seat. Thank you, band. Let's give the band a clap. Thank you. Great job, Leah. That was fantastic. Really was. When I first walked into church, Leah and Tim were like really young and they were playing, he was playing bass and she was singing. It would have been about, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something. So good. It was good worship this morning. And I mean, I caught myself singing the wrong words, which is only a problem. <laughs> Leah, yeah, Leah, me too. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I wonder what we sound like to God sometimes, you know, like strangled cats half the time. I was in Asia years ago with a, with a youth leader and they were singing... Instead of saying, there's no one like you at all, hallelujah, they were singing, no one likes you at all, hallelujah, no one likes you, likes you at all. And we were just, we just lost it, we were just, anyway, God bless them, a place full of God's presence. But, um, I suppose I should get to the Bible, that's why we're here. Uh, I've got a scripture for you in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 16. It's so important that you see God, that you're aware of God. God is in heaven and we are on earth. We don't see him physically, although some people have now because Jesus has opened up heaven. Heaven is open. And it's so important that we're aware of God all the time, and that we have eyes of faith that are open to who God is. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And there's this fantastic experience, if you walk with the Lord, that you'll see Him move in so many different ways. And He moves moves through His Word. He moves by the power of His Holy Spirit. And He's always 
there. He's always near and He is available for you to experience His goodness. God is good. I want to say this again. God is so good, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous how good God is. And He sent Jesus to die on a cross, not to save you from hell. Salvation is when He removed your sin. He removes your sin He removes the effects of sin, the desire to sin, and the result of sin, salvation. And what that does is means that there's no barrier between you and God. That's good news for you right there. There's no barrier because the barrier of sin has been dealt with. And he invites you into this wonderful life where we can be aware, we know him, we're in relationship with him, we get to know him. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, not on the stuff that's going on around us or what we want or our desires or whatever is going on in our minds. We fix our eyes on him, on what is not seen. A bit over 10 years ago, about 12 years ago, Sarah and I started a business, Complete Playgrounds. It's praying. Yeah. Jono, worked for me. It's a good man. Come back one day. That's where the real workers work. Um, <laughs> most of them want to move on because it's hard work, I'm telling you. But, um, yeah, so we, we, I was busting on the inside. I, was, I, had a, I just wanted to do something and I was praying and, and God sort of dropped that name into my heart. And at the time, we had a mortgage... We had a two-year-old. Sarah was pregnant, pretty, pretty well pregnant. And um, <laughs> uh, like she was showing quite well <laughs> with Ruth, little Ruthie, who's getting tall. Uh, and you know, I, I just was busting on the inside. But I'm telling you, that created a fair amount of fear. How am I going to pay this mortgage? What, how am I going to look after him? What, what am I going to do? I, I'm gonna, I don't even have any money. Um, but I was just busting on the inside and I was looking at God. I wasn't looking at the circumstances and so I just went for it and plus Sarah said to me, well, you better get out there and sell yourself then. I mean, there's an encouraging word from your wife right there. <laughs> and a fire up a bit, get to work, boy. <laughs> it wasn't like that, was it? It was more like Russian, like. Like your dad would say, just tell it real straight as it is. Have you ever talked to Tony? He tells it straight. Anyway, Sarah's got a real element of Tony, but enough about her. Um, so, um, so I just went for it, believing God, looking at him. And one of the scriptures I had with you was this. It was I don't even know where it's from, but it's in the Bible between Genesis and Revelation somewhere. And it says, um, you see a man, it was obviously in Proverbs, I think, you see a man skilled in his work, he will serve before kings. And I had a skill and I just took that skill. That gave me faith. And the other thing was I just believed God. Uh, I knew that he hadn't brought me this far to, to let me fail. And so many times these, these scriptures, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So I just stuck, those, I just stuck with those and they covered all those circumstances. I just went for it and, um, you know, 12 years we're still moving along. But we, I was just looking not at the circumstances but looking at him and maintaining my focus on him. And who knows that life sort of happens. And in our uncertainty, what we're not certain about, 
part of the ingredients is faith of, of faith is I'm not quite certain how this is going to work out. That's why you need a scripture. That's why you need a promise. That's why you need to go somewhere else to move into a place where God can move in you and through you and do something. So if we have this idea that uncertain things aren't right, or maybe it's an Australian culture, we just like everything to be nice, we like people to be nice, and we like it to work out the way that we have calculated things to work out. But that's not real. I mean, how many times have you calculated, you've, you've organised, it's going to work out like this and COVID or like COVID or um, COVID. I mean, what a mess. Oh, mate, did we have a fun time over the last few years in business with COVID, let me tell you. And the vaccination, oh, people got upset about that. People got really upset about the vaccination and I'm like, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated, whatever. Like, but we, uh, we work in childcare centres and schools because that's where all the playgrounds are. And every now and again in McDonald's, hospitals, but you know, you can't go into a hospital or a, or a childcare centre or a school, and I think they're going to change it, without having your little vaccination thing. So we had eight staff just go, we're not getting vaccinated. So last November, they all walked off a the biggest job I ever had, which was this $450,000 playground in a school. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now? Oh, I fixed my eyes on the unseen, not on the scene. And it's, I can say that easily, but oh, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about it. It wasn't that easy. But fix my eyes. I've got to, I've got to take this head. Sometimes I look in the mirror and think, that's a pretty rough head. Mind. Take this mind when it's spinning because I've got one staff member who's going to take me to fair work because he doesn't think the vaccine's right and I've got another one who I've lent money to and been real generous to and he's just decided he's going to steal some stuff and then another like guy's just got a really bad attitude and he's having a go at me. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I, I ended up losing half my staff in a three-month period and oh, I had a, another a job that we'd done and they couldn't pay us and that was like $80,000 and we've been working through that and they're paying us off, praise God, because I thought I was going to lose everything on that one. And so that creates a certain amount of uncertainty. You're not sure, you you think it's going to work out and then I have clients ringing me, where are you guys? And then it decides to rain more than it has ever rained and we work outside. Praise the Lord for that. I mean, who prayed for rain? It was a couple of years ago, there was a drought. And everyone's praying for rain, but you forgot to tell him how much. Oh, I never pray for rain because I like droughts, because it means people need fake grass because their grass can't grow. Okay? Now, I know we had water restrictions and people didn't like that, and I'm like, it's going to rain again, and oh my goodness, you, I'm blaming you. Who was it? Who's that faithful prayer that's, that did one of those... Was it Elijah or someone prayed for, that it didn't rain for three? Yeah, Elijah prayer or something. Someone tell him how much. And I think we've got enough now. We need weekend sport again, don't we? Well, netball is on asphalt, so it's not too bad. Because we, we have girls and they play netball. So, yeah, this uncertainty. So, uh, yeah, so I just start to focus on God through this sort of stressful time. Um, and I like things to work out with people. I like it to be nice, but that's not always the way. 
But isn't God good? God is good. And last year, before all this stuff started happening, we had Ian Cowie do a Zoom meeting. And he just said this to me. He said, Byron, God has given you a reset and a bigger awareness of his presence. And at the moment, in the moment, you can go, praise the Lord. I'm not sure what that means. But then all these, I've pretty much got a reset in my company at work, which is good because I don't have to think about those guys anymore and we'll, we'll work our way out of it. And it'll be good. But during that season, it's so important that we don't just let the uncertain things rule our minds and our decisions or our emotions. We let this book rule. We let God's spirit rule because here's a man, Ian Cowie, who's got a prophetic gift, who's just said a word to me. It gave me great encouragement through through all the sort of unnice, uncertain things. If I hadn't had that word, I I probably would have found a different word, but it was such an encouraging thing to get a word like that. And that's how God works. He works through his word. He works through his spirit. Uh, When you understand what Jesus has done and who he is. It's so important to understand what Jesus has done and who he is. And who is Jesus? What, What do you see? What's your picture of who God is? Who is the Father? When I was like a child, I used to think the Father was sort of pretty old, perpetually old, and maybe not quite up with the times and not quite relevant. And a lot of people think that. But he might be the ancient of days, but I'm telling you, he's young. He dances in the streets of heaven, that guy. He's full of life and he's full of light. And when we look at the gospel message, the message of Christ who died on the cross for our sins and took them away, has anyone told you that God loves you? God loves you. God loves you more than you can measure. That's what this is about. All of it, that's what it's all about, is the love of God. God loves you and he wants to show you this. He wants to show you who he is. And then he wants you to know that experience. And so when things are uncertain and you're not sure and he gives you a word that's encouraging, well, my God's an encouraging God. Or you get a word that, you just get a word from God and he reveals himself to you and no one can take that away from you because that's an experience between you and who he is and so what is God like what's the picture and so I thought you know God was old and people have all their sort of ideas about who God is and on tv at the moment or for the last while there's a lot of shows and they have reveal moments don't they have the little reveal moments about who's going to win the next stage of the show. And then they have the renovation shows or the block or, you know, it was the grand designs and then they reveal the, the renovated work at the end. We used to watch this show. It was an American show uh, and it was called Extreme Makeover. Did anyone watch Extreme Makeover? I loved it because they would find a struggling family they would interview the family and they were in trouble. The family was always in trouble and they would have a house that was falling down and so they'd interview them and they'd have all these designers and architects and builders and people come in and then they'd send the family on a holiday because they hadn't had one for ever uh, and so they'd send them to a nice place 
And then they'd come in and in, within three days or a week or a short amount of time, you'd get 60 people come in and they would just knock the house down. That was part of the show. They'd just bring a big excavator, Frosty, you should see it. And they would just smash the house and they would film that. And then the, the people on holiday, they'd show them their house getting smashed and that's all they'd show them. And then they would build a house and not just any house. It was a custom, custom built house suited to what they wanted and what they liked, extreme makeover, American style. They just would build a huge house, pour a big concrete slab, massive house. They would custom build bedrooms and rooms for the children. I remember in one show they built this girl a dance floor with neon dance floor lights and all this stuff. And then they would park a bus in front of the house and they'd bring the family and they'd chant, move that bus, move that bus, and they'd have the big reveal moment and move the bus, and the family would go, whoa, look at this house. This is incredible. And then they would just take it a step further. They'd just give the parents cars, and then they'd give a university scholarship to the children and just, oh, they just kept going. It's like it was never going to end. It's unreal. It's this big reveal moment. Well, God's big reveal moment is in Jesus. It says in John 1 verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. I like the old King James Version says, In the bosom of the Father. Right close. I like this in the Passion Translation. And from the overflow of his fullness, we receive grace heaped up upon grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one ever before gazed upon God, upon the full splendor of God, except his uniquely beloved son, who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart, now that he has come to us, he has unfolded the full explanation of of who God truly is. It's so important for you to focus on Jesus, to fix your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says that somewhere, fix your eyes on Jesus, to focus on Jesus. Matthew Henry says this, it signifies a plain, clear and full discovery, not by general and doubtful hints, but by particular explications, Martin. There's a word. Hadn't heard that one before. Is that how you pronounce it? Explications? Explications. It's particular illuminations. It's specific clarifications and detailed revelations. That's what you get in Christ from who God is. He continues and he says, He that runs may now read the will of God and the way of salvation. This is the grace, this is the truth that came by Jesus Christ. God wants to reveal to you more. I mean, you might know God, you might have walked with God for years. There's something more for you to discover. Maybe you're new. Maybe you, you, you're first in church, and you're time in church, and you don't really know what it's all about. If you want to know who God is, you look at the life of Jesus. And you don't just read it through the book. It's the experience, and especially when things are uncertain, of knowing him. It's the experience of knowing him. If, if you've never met Frosty, He's nervous now because I've said his name. I'm going to pick on him. Ah, isn't that funny when someone knows you and they start talking about you? If you've never met him, you don't know him. You don't ask me 
You don't ask Edgar. You ask the person that's in closest relationship with him. If you don't know someone, you ask the person who's in closest relationship, who's come from that place. John the Baptist said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. He came before. He was already there and he came from heaven. It's Emily, by the way, if you want to know Frosty and you don't want to, you're not sure, you talk to him. It's, yeah, it's not me. <laughs> he came from heaven. He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And Jesus, Jesus said this. He said, I can do nothing by myself. That's a crazy statement to think where he came from and who he is. And he says, I can do nothing by myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. That's why it's so important that you see who God is in Christ and you stay focused on who God is. And you see what he's doing and you don't just always see what they're doing or what they're doing. If someone runs in a race, right, you say Usain Bolt because he's famous, and they, they run and they just, they don't look around. When, briefly just had a sports carnival, I actually didn't go, but the last time I went, um, the girls run, but then they're, they're looking around like this. And they're just sort of, they don't run as fast. But when you see runners run, they are focused. They're focused on the lane. They know where the finish line is. When Usain Bolt runs past everyone, the other runners, they don't go, there he goes again. <laughs> they're focused just up, just there, at that point, right there. Just, just up. They know where the finish line is. And they, that's how they run. That's how they run their race. They're focused on the lane. Our lane... Our lane is in this book. Our lane is in who he is. That's it. Just, just right there. And it never really tells us too far ahead, even if we think we've got it all worked out and we calculate what's going to go on and then we work it out and then all this other stuff happens. Our focus is right there, just in this book, just up ahead, just, just, just on him. That's how you get to the finish line. A lot of people just looking around, what? Why has he got that? And why is this happening to me? And we focus so often on our circumstances or our pain. Or he shouldn't have done that to me. He shouldn't have said that to me. That one guy, God bless him. Honestly, God bless this guy. He needs the blessing of God. He goes, my private health record has been publicly disclosed and I'm taking you to court. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I told one of the guys I got vaccinated and then he told everyone else. I thought, you can't be serious. It's a public health order. No one cares if you're vaccinated. Yeah, but I'm going to do something about it anyway. I'm like, mate, there's the door. And I didn't quite say it like that. I'd had enough by that stage. I just went, oh, man, we had an argument. It wasn't nice. I just told him to get out. I didn't swear, okay? I was amicable to a point. And the funniest thing was... It was in our warehouse, which is, has cameras, so Sarah and I watched it afterwards, and gee, we laughed at me. <laughs> we laughed. But we've got to come back to what is centred. We've got to maintain our focus and see what God is. We don't just see our circumstances. We don't just see um, 
our pain or the judgments on who God should, what God should be doing. Where were you, God? You should have been doing it. Were you there? We stay focused on the word and we stay focused on who Jesus is. And that's how we get to know who God is. We see him for who he is, revealed to us through the cross, open up heaven so that we can walk with him knowing who he is. Praise the Lord. The other part of this is that Jesus said to his disciples, I'm not going to leave you alone. Wait in the city until you receive the gift that my heavenly Father has promised. And as we've heard more recently, they waited, the Holy Spirit came on them and they, Peter preached the gospel for the first time. The, the people were cut to the heart and they started coming to Christ. And so... The work of the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit to help you and to lead you and guide you and focus, help you focus on who he is. And isn't it wonderful to have spiritual people around you like Pastor Ian Cowie who prophesied over us or just people in this environment who are full of the Holy Spirit who can share a word from God or pray for you to help you focus on him when sometimes you need a bit of help, yeah? Sometimes circumstances just go a little bit too far and it's like, can you pray for me? Can you help me see God in this? Because at the moment I can't see where we're going. And so Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. Uh, And when Peter gets up to preach, when the Holy Spirit comes on him, he quotes a scripture from the prophet of Joel. And I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit is in you. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Saviour, Jesus said, no one can see the kingdom of God. He's talking to a religious guy and he says, no one can see. No one can see. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And he's speaking to Nicodemus who's a Pharisee. Pharisee just means I follow all the rules and I teach other people the rules. And it's the height of religion. And the Pharisee, how can this be possible? How is this real? And Jesus says, I tell you that Jesus said, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And there's more for you in the spirit of God to fill you and lead you and help you to know God and to see him and to see him. It's what the Holy Spirit does. It causes you to see, he causes you to see him. He says, so Peter gets up to preach when the Holy Spirit comes on them. He says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. They will prophesy. They will prophesy. And God is speaking. God is doing so many things and God is speaking to you and in every service there should be a moment or there's an opportunity for a moment where God puts something in your heart something that you weren't aware of something to either let go or something to grow in or he'll just put something in there that you weren't expecting that you weren't yeah and so if you tune in and you embrace who he is in this environment there's something will be a moment where he puts something that's the work of the Holy Spirit leading you into what is right and what is true and it's a fantastic work And so we are people who focus on God and have the Holy Spirit. And dreams and visions, 
I had a crazy dream this morning and I'm not going to tell you about it. But I did have a dream last year when all this stuff was going down and I was laying, we lay a lot of rubber. If you've been to McDonald's and the spongy surface, that's what we do. And we do a lot of synthetic grass. So if you walk outside and you walk on that grass, that's always the lady beetle, that's what we do. Um, so it's a rubber lady beetle. So I have a dream that I'm laying rubber and I'm using a tool that I've never seen before. And um, it's a, you lay rubber like concrete. So you lay on your hands and you lay, you get down on your hands and knees. Let me show you. This is not my prayer pose. And it's a bit like this. And so in my dream, I'm standing like this and I'm going like this and I've got a crew of guys. Actually, the guys are doing it uh, and I'm doing it. And, and the guy who's boss, he's a little bit cranky. And I'm like, is that, is that me in the dream? Am I cranky when I get older? Anyway, it was just a weird moment. Anyway, um, I have this dream and I start thinking about this. I'm like, what is it? Rubber tool? And it vibrated and it heated up and it laid the rubber. And so I have this dream and then I, um, I just bless it. I'm like, okay, God, if that's a God dream, and I believe it is because it's very vivid, you know, those vivid moments. God speaks to you through dreams and visions. And he would be speaking to you. You wouldn't even know it sometimes. But it's usually when it's really vivid. And sometimes it's an emotion or a person and it, it's pointing towards something and there's an interpretation of it. And that's why it's good to have someone like Ruth Brown or Janelle, who's really quite spiritual, can interpret dreams. Anyway, I just bless it and I say, if that's of you, I'll give it to you. And I'm not going to work hard at this because it's not by works. I don't have to work hard. And so I just am in church one day and I just start talking to Eddie about what I do. And I said, yeah, and I had this dream once that I was standing up doing this and I had this tool and it was like this and like this. He's like, oh, I can help you with that. I can help you do that. And he's half made it. And I'm quite confident that I'm going to have this tool that I dreamt that was from God to help me get off my knees laying rubber because it can, a lot of the guys get sore knees. And Anyway, that was a dream and a random dream from God. God is speaking to you. If you're focusing your life on him, he's speaking. He's giving you insight, inside information. I was listening to a podcast during the week of these guys. And they were praying about... They were in America, it's from Bethel, church over there. They were praying about the wall. Donald Trump wanted to put up a wall and do all this stuff. We went down to Tijuana. A group from this church went to Tijuana uh, when we were younger. And Tim and Leah and Janelle. Anyone else? Mitchell. Aye, drummer. The drum boy. That's where they were. Uh, and Nikki. Nikki's not here, but that's where they all fell in love. No, it's not. It's not. Um, so it, it appealed to me because I'll go into the place where we had been. And so I listened to this podcast and one of them had a dream that God was hiding the kingdom of God in the refugees because they were praying about the refugees that were coming across the border. And so they went down there. They sent a team down there because one guy had a dream. They sent a team down there. They scoped out San Diego. They found nothing. So they said, all right, let's go over to Tijuana. So they went over to Tijuana and they found a guy who would, on his fifth day of prayer and fasting and was a pastor of a church and he had 1,300 refugees in his church and the kingdom of God was breaking out in this church and he needed help. He couldn't do it by himself. He was getting cooked. He was getting exhausted because he was doing all this work. And so they were able to support him and bring all these refugees from Haiti and all these places. They were able to bring them food and support them. God is speaking to you. And it just takes this. It just takes a constant focus on him 
and a deliberate focus on him and not just on what our circumstances, but the Holy Spirit moves in dreams and visions and prophetic prophetic words. And so um, that's been my experience over the last six months or so. Can I get the band to come up um, through all that? And so I want you to think about, am I seeing God? Am I aware of his presence? Because often I have just been aware of the struggle of the circumstance that I've been going through with people, with money, with clients, with work, with get home and there's, there's, there's beautiful daughters, there's daughters and it's constant and it can be a constant thing sometimes. But if we make ourselves aware of God, of the truth of who Jesus is, we get to experience his goodness and no one can take away knowing God. In your heart. Come on, let's stand and pray. Come on, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for your will in our lives. We thank you that you have made these scriptures come alive, that you have given us Jesus that you have given us the gift of your spirit, Lord God. And so we look to you, Lord God. And we centre our minds and our hearts in who you are, in what you've done and what you're doing, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for those gaps, those uncertain things, those challenges, those difficulties. And we thank you for your grace, which is heaped up on top of grace to cause us to walk with you, to know you and to see you, Lord God. We thank you so much for this wonderful life, the life of salvation, the life of freedom from sin, the life of your spirit, of your work through us, Lord God. We welcome that today. We welcome, Lord Jesus, a focus on you, a centering on you in this moment, Lord God. Hallelujah. May you be glorified in all of us, Lord God, Father in heaven. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.